Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on Friday, February 28th, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? Um, I'm doing fantastic, excellent. Uh, it's, uh, it's the start of the weekend, Joe. What's not to love? Yes, what's not to love? <laughs> hello, yes. hello, 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 and happy Friday. It's Friday. Friday. It is the start of the weekend. Um, how about that weather yesterday? Holy moly. Was that gorgeous? Yeah. Or Very what? strange. Amazing. It was strange. It was strange. It was amazing. And the, the, the after the sunset, the sky was just unbelievable. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I saw a lot of pictures being posted on social media last night. Um, I had a little cocktail meeting on the patio. Well, actually, they call it the terrace. Um, of uh, Shade Hotel Manhattan Beach uh, in Zinc Cafe, and it was packed last night. And I think it was just like that first. It was like a summer evening. It was warm. It's actually better than a summer evening. Oh. Sometimes summer evenings are right. foggy and cold. It was so beautiful, but it was packed, and I think everybody just enjoyed um, not having to, you know, bundle up. And it was Thursday, which is kind of Thursday evening is kind of the beginning of the weekend, right? In a way, Absolutely. for a lot of people. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah, yes. People start right. kind of yeah. tuning in, you know, to weekend activities. But yeah, wow. And I hear it's supposed to be similar, maybe a little cooler today, um, but mm-hmm. um, gorgeous. I love when we get a little dust because, hey, last week we had rain. Remember that? Friday that's, and Saturday morning that, we had right. rain. Crazy. That's right. You know, that's well, I, was, I, was, I, I was over in Torrance at a meeting yesterday afternoon. It was 87 degrees. It was mm-hmm. 87 degrees. Yeah. And, right. and, and, I, and, they said the next chance of rain is this Sunday. We'll see. You know, half the times the weather people, you know, they're not sure what they're talking about. But um, anyway, Kelly, I know you had a very big week this week, um, and I want to hear all about it. I saw your newsletter yesterday, but um, I want to hear all the details about your, your big State of the City event. It was big. Big big is a really you know, big, um, big facts. A lot of people in the room. We had over 250 people packed into the Johnson Center. Um, and as I suspected, you know, we told the fire marshal to look the other way a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> such, a, such a great crowd. Well, what I love, that, the joke, too, in that is um, uh, the firemen and uh, policemen, whoever's on duty, always come 
in for the beginning of the meeting. It's just kind of a formality, and they're always there in the back of the room and, you know, and enjoying all the, the networking and supporting their mayor, too. And uh, when I started speaking uh, and welcoming everybody, I look, and, of course, all the firemen are lined up against the back wall. And I actually made a joke of it. I, you know, I, I pointed out what a full room it was and told the fire marshal to look the other way and go get some coffee. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, it, it was really fun. We had a fantastic crowd, um, really uh, full of um, business leaders. We had a lot of, you know, tables um, uh, that people, you know, reserved that were full of like the South Bay Association of Realtors, you know, um, El Camino College, but people came in groups is my, uh, is my point. And I love that. It was like, okay, hey, we're bringing the whole team here to this event to listen about, you know, what's going on in Manhattan Beach. So it was really, the energy in the room was fantastic. There were plenty and there were a lot of residents um, in the room also. And I, I always remind people that, you know, don't just look at like just the residents sitting there. Remember that a lot of the business owners are residents too. Yeah. People forget that. And I'm always trying to wave that flag for people going, Hey, you know, a lot of the business owners in Manhattan beach are also residents. So let's not forget that. So it was full of, you know, business leaders and residents, um, amazing, um, fantastic information, Bristol farms, uh, treated everybody to, uh, wow, like a whole, you know, tables full of pastries and coffee and fruit. Um, they really um, treated us to, you know, kept our bellies going and kept the caffeine in our, our veins. Uh, Bristol Farms on Rosecrans, I just want to point out, they are going through a remodel and they are open for business and uh, they were extremely generous uh, to us for state of the city so i you know, kind of remind people that they're over there on rosecrans there's been a lot of grocery stores pop up we all know that we've talked about that and um they have a they have a beautiful catering business that people don't really realize and so anyways it's always nice to support um our sponsors also we had a lot of sponsors but obviously bristol farms was the food sponsor uh we had plenty of other sponsors who you know helped us out and made it all possible um but the information was um just uh spot on like um i opened up and i showed the video that we had um, produced for actually the Best of Manhattan Awards back in October, which is interviews with a lot of our business leaders. And it's a real fun video about kind of what you like about Manhattan Beach interview style. And um, I went over some of the interesting things, you know, that the, the chamber has been very busy in the last year. And I, uh, what was interesting is we had a bunch of sevens in our numbers, and I didn't realize this until I was putting together, you know, my speech, um, but we, you know, did seven signature events. We did, we added 72 new members in 2019. We had 17 ribbon cuttings, seven educational seminars, seven lunch and learns, 27 business consultations, and 47 weekly newsletters. Because we don't, we just, that, that, weeks we take off. Just like, that's got to be lucky. It's lucky seven. Seven sevens all over the place, I know. right? Right. I know. I go. I think Caroline and I are going to go buy a lottery ticket now and be done for the day. You know, it was, uh, it was <laughs> really interesting. Anyway, so uh, the chamber's always busy, but then we got into uh, the mayor. Uh, the city produced a video also um, that was a wonderful video. Um, a lot of drone footage, but a lot of, you know, zoom in shots of all the different things that are going on in the city. So instead of um, telling you, you know, what they've done, she did, um, had uh, Parks and Rec uh, did a beautiful video. So, it, you know, it detailed some of the big projects that, you know, of course, the Roundhouse is always one of those, the star of the show, um, but all the art projects that are popping up and all the murals and how we've covered the utility boxes. And it went, you know, it flew down the green belt and showed like the new, you know, lighting on the Greenbelt in the parks, and it was fantastic. And you felt like you were um, almost in, uh, you know, the ride at Disney or California Adventure, soaring. soaring. I'm not sure if it's still there, mm-hmm. but you can you, know, you soar over California, kind of. You know, um, I yeah. felt like I was soaring over Manhattan Beach. It, it was um, it was really fun and a different way. And then of course she, you know, provided um, some information and, and spoke to Nancy. Hersman is our current mayor. And by the way, Nancy's only mayor for a few more days. Um, we change over our mayors in Manhattan Beach every nine months. And Richard Montgomery will become mayor again um, in, uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Um, 
Nancy Hersman hands the gavel over to Richard Montgomery. So anybody who likes to be a part, you know, of that transition should come out 6 p.m. City Hall on Tuesday. But anywho, um, Nancy delivered um, a wonderful uh, state of the city. Every, you know, there were so many city personnel there to support her, too. Um, interesting information. And then we went into the city manager, Bruce Moe, um, gives just Every, everybody loves his financial reports. He he just has that, you know, nailed down. He's been doing it for decades and uh, very interesting information and reminded people, too, that uh, the TOT tax um, is going to increase in Manhattan Beach to 12%, but all of our, I think all of our hotels are ready for that. Um, he went, you know, talked about sales tax, tax excuse me, um, property tax and how that's allocated. Um, reminded people that you know 1% of what you spend in Manhattan Beach stays in Manhattan Beach, so it's so important um, for people to shop within their cities, you know, and support that because if you shop online, um, the city doesn't benefit from that sales tax. Um, he went into you know the general fund and um, you know where the money comes from and how it is spent, all the different departments, and um, and then led into uh, Stephanie Castellanos, who's the director of public works. Uh, brought us up to speed on all the capital improvement projects. And one of the biggest one that's really going to affect all the cities in the South Bay is kind of the um, retrofitting, seismic retrofitting and enhancements and safety enhancements that are going to be done on the Sepulveda Bridge. Now, most people go, what? There's a bridge in Manhattan Beach? <laughs> but you know, yeah, there's a little yeah. bridge, um, and it's right um, on Sepulveda, right before you hit Rosecrans, uh, just on the outer kind of outer uh, northeastern corner of the mall where Fry's is. There's a little bridge that crosses mm-hmm. over the Greenbelt and down below. And so that um, in the fall is going to start undergoing a massive renovation. renovation. So, you know, it, there might be some delays in traffic, might not, but uh, that's long, long overdue. Um, and then George Gabriel talked about the state of homelessness. Um, and, you know, I, homelessness is, is relative. And some people think it's a major problem in the city. Others feel it's a major problem in the county. Obviously, we talk about that. But, um, you know, it's all relative uh, to what we're doing. And George Gabriel has really been a spearhead of um, curating and creating the homeless uh, action plan for the city, the homeless guide, and using the Measure H and HH funds through the county. Um, we uh, the homeless count revealed that we have 21 homeless in accounted for in Manhattan Beach. Hermosa had 25, and Redondo Beach had 174. Versus back in 2015, the numbers were seven Manhattan Beach, 17 Hermosa, and 165. In Redondo, and he also pointed out they they move around. You know, they often the homeless will mm-hmm. often um, a lot of them actually ride the buses. So maybe they they might start in Redondo, you know, in the morning at, at uh, a shelter that you know feeds them, and then they hop on a bus and they move around to a different city. So uh, we collaborate with all all the South Bay cities because we know that the homeless you know it affects all of us, and we if we're kind of join our forces, we're going to be you know greater in numbers. Um, so very information on that. Uh, Don Ziff, uh, wow, wow, wow. Uh, he's the senior, you know, vice president and general manager of the Manhattan Village Shopping Mall. And he, talk about, I mean, it was a kind of, you know, a state of the city of videos. He took us on a time-lapse video from the beginning of the mall construction a few years ago to literally what it looked like on Tuesday. It was really kind of cool. And then he had another super cool drone video flying all over the mall, showing us exactly where it is now and talking about how the new plaza area, that is the massive construction that you see if you go to the mall right now, that's opening um, in late May, early June, and then the next phase of construction will start after that. But he gave us a sneak peek of all the really super cool, delicious restaurants that are going to be going into that area. Um, Gave us a little teaser, but didn't tell us who the three super high-end marquee retailers are going to be in what was the old Macy's men's store is going to be divided. Lower level will be three really key high-end retailers and the upstairs will be um, one kind of big office space. So he uh, just knocked it out of the park with his videos. And then um, our last speaker uh, wrapped it up with really compelling information, and I'm not going to share what it was because she is waiting for us on the show. She's our guest today. So Uh um, I will allow her. I will allow her. 
to elaborate. So it was fantastic. Great, fantastic. Great information. We shared a lot of it in our newsletter. There is, um, it was taped as soon as the city, you know, fixes and formats um, the video. We, they will, and we will publish it so people who weren't able to attend can also see it. Uh, so there you have it. All right. All right. Wow. Big week, as I said for you. Yeah. It was. <clears throat> it, it, Wonderful. I have a little bit of an event hangover today. You know, those events yeah. take it out of you. Um, but yeah, they do. Worth it. And, yeah, it's uh, all right. all right. it's a full room and everybody's, everybody's happy. It makes me happy. All right. All right. Well, Joe, shall we just jump right into it now? Jackie, let's uh, let's find out who our guests are today. Okay. Our guests this morning are Dan Rogoff, President, and Hillary Mahan, Executive Director of the Manhattan Beach Education Foundation. Now, Dan has served as Manhattan Beach Education Foundation Vice President, President, Vice President, and Secretary since he joined the board in 2014. He is currently a Senior Associate General Counsel at United Health Group and serves as a General Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer for United Health Group subsidy, sub, subsidiary. Uh, Dan began his career at Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman LLP, where he practiced corporate and securities law. He is a graduate of the University of California at Santa Barbara and received his JD from the University of of California at Berkeley School of Law. Now, Dan and his wife have two children who both attend Manhattan Beach Unified School District schools. Hillary Mahan brings a deep appreciation for education and the public school system, as well as extensive experience in program development, fundraising, and event planning in the nonprofit sector to the team at MBEF. In partnership with the Board of Directors, Direct uh, district liaisons and local education stakeholders, Hillary is responsible for developing, integrating, and carrying out fundraising and outreach initiatives to support the financial health and growth of the organization. Prior to joining the MBEF team, Hillary served as communication chairs on the MBEF Board of Directors for several years. While on the board, she was also a member of the Strategic Planning Committee and Grants Committee. Hillary holds a Bachelor of Arts in both Communications and English from UC Santa Barbara and has a background in communications and fundraising in the nonprofit sector. Hillary and her husband live in Manhattan Beach with their son and two daughters, all of whom attend Manhattan Beach Public Schools. Now, this morning, we'll discuss the state of education funding, the business appeal, and support our Schools Week, which launches in March. Hillary, Dan, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. We're pleased to be here. Thanks very much for having Thank us. you for joining us. Of course. Thank you very much for joining us. We are excited about education in general. And, of course, um, I was with the uh, Hermosa Beach Education Foundation for, for many years uh, when our children were young. My youngest is now 25 and doing well. But uh, I just uh, – we love hearing more about education in the South Bay. So – uh, Hillary, let's start with you since you're the speaker. Um, let's let's find out what is the state of education in Manhattan. Well, thank you. Um, I would say that uh, the state of education is is in flux, and it has been in flux for a number of years, um, all because of funding. Um, we have a unique situation in California in which state funding first initially goes to the state and then is dispersed among the different various districts throughout the state at um, a set level, a base level funding, and then there is supplemental funding as well that, that will supplement those schools who have higher populations of free and reduced lunch students, English language language learners, as well as foster youth. And that has been the structure of education for quite some time now, over three decades in terms of funding. And it's up to the districts then to figure out how to make it work within their particular setting. And every district is different, and we are fortunate in Manhattan Beach, as, as well as you indicated Hermosa, they too have, have structured their funding around this, um, to have an yes. education foundation that is dedicated and focused to raising funds to go beyond what the state level of funding will provide. And we are renowned in our state as well as across the country as a foundation that is able to do this very well, um, which is a double-edged sword, of course, um, because we're able to provide uh, 
a plethora of opportunities for our students here within our district that otherwise isn't available at districts next door to us um, or east or, or other, otherwise located throughout the state. And these are opportunities that our parents have prioritized, such as music in the elementary classrooms that grows beyond that all the way up through high school, such as dedicated physical education teachers, such as science labs that a student actually goes to, more counselors, which is a huge push in our state and across the country and world right now because of the rise in anxiety among our youth as well as adults. Um, so this, this funding that we're able to surprise, supply and the support from our foundation is really key at creating the strength of our schools. So when we look at the state of our schools, um, while they are in flux because of funding consistently, um, we are able to help create a, a stable excess source for these additional opportunities. As of recently, um, we do have more challenges. We've, we've always had certain challenges in Manhattan Beach because of the way we were structured when these laws went into place um, three decades ago around Prop 13. But now we have more challenges, and I think um, you're probably going to hear, and, and we're hearing every day, districts facing new challenges because of increased pension costs, because of increased special ed costs, and declining enrollment across the state. In our own district, of course, and others as well, there's also an increase in civil health care costs for our employees, and employees make up over 82% of the entire um, expenses of the district's budget. So when you consider that, it's going to be a significant amount. And, and it's unfortunate that right now these additional challenges are really pushing us to have to make decisions and pushing our, our board to have to make decisions that are going to impact the opportunities that, that MBF has been able to provide. Right. Now, now I have a question I want to, uh, I'm going to throw it to Dan. Of course, Hillary, you're going to have input on this, but Dan, there was a point in the, in my time with the Hermosa Beach Education Foundation, which I will remember till the day I die and it was that point where we said to each other, we're in, a, we're in a, a committee meeting, and we said to each other, this is the point where we start providing support for the personnel, that is, grants, and, and specifically, you know, we were looking at, at, at aids for classrooms. But we're going to be providing bodies in the classroom, and once we start, we can never stop because there are going to be, you know, various uh, reasons that you can never stop. Once you hire someone, you, you don't stop paying them unless you fire them and, and things like that. So, Dan, really what I wanted to go at is, you know, it's, it's the personnel. 82% of your budget tied up in people, then you really don't have a lot of places to go to determine how you can, you know, enhance your budget. Can you talk about that, Dan? Sure. Um, I, I'd be happy to. Can I just uh, – Hillary did such a good job answering that question, um, but I, I wanted to add one point um, regarding the state of the Manhattan Beach schools, is that while it is true that funding is a problem, I, I did want to say that, that the state of the schools in terms of the education being provided is extremely strong. And if you look at the education our kids are getting – I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's, you know, Miracoast is one of the best high schools, you know, in the state. Um, the elementary schools have won numerous awards. And so I think a lot of that is happening because of the parental involvement, because of the donations, um, because of the fantastic teachers and the administration. I just wanted to make sure that that point wasn't lost, that despite the funding challenges, um, we're able to, you know, support the schools such that they deliver, you know, really an outstanding education. Um, with respect to your point, um, you're, you're right. It is tough, and part of our grant-making process, um, you know, that, that absolutely is taken into consideration. It's an extremely deliberative process. We don't want to add things that we'll have to cut. Um, but Manhattan Beach Education Foundation is a little different because we do and we have funded teachers um, for a long time. Um, our contributions mm. to the district – 
range um, somewhere eight, nine, 10% over the last several years. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about ish million dollars annually. Um, and that supports a lot of educators and it supports a lot of the extras. Um, so it might not be the in classroom teacher in third grade, but it might be the music teacher or the reading specialist or the counselor or the librarian. Um, it might be some of the extra programs um, that kind of make the, the experience special kind of beyond the bare minimum, which, you know, you could argue that the state is funding at the bare minimum level or even kind of below what, what we would consider to be the bare minimum. So we crossed that bridge mm-hmm. a while ago um, in terms of funding educators. And that's kind of a lot of, a lot of the checks that, that we write go toward those, I think, um, you know, enrichment um, activities and do support the educators. Okay. I, uh, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a, I have a, well, something I wanted to say a couple of weeks ago, I saw on the news, um, and, and this gets to the crux of it, that uh, the um, Manhattan Beach Unified School District, the president, uh, was talking about having to cut, I think they, he, it was quoted, I think, up to 30 personnel from the MBUSD because of this funding crisis. Um, is that... Hillary, is that still an ongoing discussion that that you're having? Well, I, it, unfortunately, um, it it did happen. We had a board meeting on Wednesday evening, and the superintendent and his cabinet made recommendations to cut upwards of 3.5 million dollars, which equates to about 38 and a half full-time employees. Oh my goodness. Yes, and what that ended up um, with the final board discussion and result was over 3.6 million and 39 um, full-time employees. So the equivalent of so um, it 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 has in in fact affected our district, and we are now looking at ways to help supplement our funding, at ways to increase revenue here, as way, at ways to advocate with right. the state that base level funding is simply inadequate, um, all sorts of right. different creative solutions. No, 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 well, Hillary, I, I don't want to, well, I'm sorry, Jackie, I don't want to uh, focus on that, but I want to focus on the, the scale. So 39 out of how many total uh, full-time employees? Well, when you, when you consider, you know, an overall budget of about, I believe it's about seventy million dollars, and you have to you have to also recognize that our foundation is a completely separate five hundred one c three. So when we talk about sure. our, many times we are talking about district decisions, but we we can certainly partner and provide opinion and. Um, priorities from our stakeholders, but we are not part of the decision process. So, um, right. sure. so sure. in terms of MBUSD, the scale I, of the issue? I mean, you're talking overall, you're talking about um, programs that impact our elementary and our secondary level. Um, primarily, um, it's pretty split within that. And when you take $3.6 million out of a $70 million budget and it's all focused on employees, it's, it's significant. It's not oh. as significant as um, districts that are, are talking about laying off 300 employees. But for a small district right. like ours that serves 6,500 students, it is very significant. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's of about course. 5%, but it's in the heart of it's in your largest category. It's five percent, but it's in your largest category. Correct. Well, you know, yep. it's bad enough. You know, again, we can't compare to the big school districts, right? Uh, small, but 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 even even in a small school district, this size, getting rid of a dozen employees would be would be awful. I can't imagine thirty nine. Um, yes, on yesterday's show, at the end of the show, when we were we were giving a little sneak peek of what we were going to talk about today, I went on on a, on a little rant about what's going on with with the state of education in general, and all of these laws that are passed where taxes are promised to go to education in some way or another, they they bear, they rarely get there. Um, but MBEF, you you have a, a really robust fundraising machine. Um, you know, very fortunate. You know, a lot of a lot of districts don't have that. Um, 
and it just it it, it there was a, there was a, an event recently earlier this week I think with uh, John Chang I want to say his name was and he was ta- the topic was follow the money uh, uh, the cost of education versus everything else mm-hmm. you know and it it always seems to me like like education is the thing that always gets you know the short shrift mm-hmm. you know and 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 I I just wonder when that's going to change. How is that going to? Who's going to? Who's going to implement that change? How is that going to change? Because it just seems terribly unfair uh, for for all no, the I school think, districts to uh, be going through this. Yeah, I think Dan wanted to make a point. Yes, Dan. Oh no, I, I I would just agree with you. I think I think it is unfair if you look at at where California education funding is. You know, as compared, we're just getting back to the levels of funding that that were set during the recession. And if you look at us, you know, across the country, I mean, we think of California as having really, I mean, I think that one of the most robust public education systems in the country, if you look at our our UCs and our our state schools, I mean, so why doesn't that trickle all the way down to K through 12? I mean, we are are woefully behind um, other states. And I, and I do think that structurally, you know, hopefully change will be coming because while we are seeing this problem, other districts, you know, are, are absolutely, as Hillary said, seeing it as well. And I would expect a lot of noise in the next, you know, one to two years from, from districts such as LAUSD um, and some of the, some of the bigger ones. So I, I think something's going to have to change, but, but we're really talking about an investment in our, in our kids and what kind of state, you know, what kind of state do we want to have? Yeah, yeah. Well, Kelly, your your two boys went through the system, and uh, or, or I think I think maybe one of them is still in school. Um, wh- and you were involved uh, with 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 the schools when when they were in them. Um, your experience? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> my boys both went through Manhattan Beach School, and. When and I, I do, I still have. I have one in college still, not in high school. <laughs> one in college, um, but it's interesting because uh, this was a little bit. Um, so my youngest is just a couple years older than than Hillary's oldest. But um, I was involved with the Ed Foundation way, 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 way back in the days um, when it was only raising like three hundred. I think it was three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. I want to say that year and most of the money was being donated by parents to the the local the school PTAs. And I was involved in the shift, the paradigm shift, as they called it then, from um giving to the PTAs to giving to the Ed Foundation because the Ed Foundation can um you know grant the money in, in different ways and it can be spent on different things versus what the PTAs can do. And um, I remember the first year, this was when Ellen Rosenberg was um, leading the charge, like we had the messaging and what we had to do and all the meetings we had to have to educate parents that, okay, we need you to shift. And we're not taking away from the schools. We're shifting the way you live. And I forget, but that year I think we raised like $1.5 million. You know, it came up from the 385000 to $1.5 million. And then every year it subsequently has gone up from there. And every year this community um, has done an amazing job of, of, of meeting, I think, the need. And there has been other years where there's been massive pending cuts. Um, and the community has risen, you know, to that call to action. And um Hillary and Dan can speak much better to that. They have probably the history each year that they can they can talk about. But uh, we have an, an amazing community, residential and business community, that has always risen, you know, to the need. But at what point can you keep rising, you know, and are are, are we able to do that? And um, it's crazy. And the schools are fantastic. My kids went through them. We all we all love them, and we all want that high level of education. But unfortunately, because of um, the state of the state of our state and, and what we get, um, um, the private sector and the business sector has to really help out. Yeah, it's falling on everybody's so, shoulders. You know what we're gonna do, yeah. Joe? Let's do let's do that station break uh, right now. Let's do that station break right yeah. now, and we'll come back and we'll talk about more funding. Yes, and I, I want to hear from when we come back. I want to hear from Hillary about plans and and the future and what we're going to do and how. 
the general public can get involved. Ladies and gentlemen, it's these kinds of discussions that you are going to be privy to. Um, this is what uh, hyperlocal podcasting can do for you. This is the South Bay Show. Um, we bring you something of relevance and importance in the South Bay every week, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, on Thursdays, we have the South Bay Spotlight, where we spotlight some issue or some wonderful food or some artwork or some governmental action in the South Bay from El Segundo south to the hill and uh, east to Torrance, um, the entire South Bay. And then, of course, on Fridays, we're proud to bring you the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, proudly sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber, where we bring you all the same issues, but with a special emphasis on the city of Manhattan Beach and, of course, on the members of the Manhattan Beach Chamber. And uh, we're very proud to to uh, uh, bring that to you every Friday. And so this is this is how you get the kind of media that really speaks to things that are, are really important to you uh, where you live. And uh, there's nothing more important than education. Uh, all of us uh, have been so supremely involved in education here in the South Bay. It's one of the, the main drivers for uh, why, we, why we move here and live here. Um, the education is so wonderful. But, Hillary, it, it involves, I mean, there's tremendous uh, tr tremendous parent involvement here in the South Bay. It's legendary, <laughs> but that's that's not enough. I mean, that's enough for great events and great great uh, sports and so forth. But we need money. What are we going to do, Hillary? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Kelly is right. Um, our our community, when we made that shift many years ago about prioritizing opportunities through educators and programs um, through MBEF um, over the, sm the smaller scale programs um, through PTAs and really encouraging that shift of funding, it had a huge impact. Back then when we were raising about $1.5 million, we are now raising and contributing over $6.5 million towards the district's budget. And this really was because of parents in our community. You know, over three decades ago when our foundation started, they also started an endowment, which helps to disperse funds on an annual basis towards grants for the next year. So that in itself is a significant part of our funding process, and we continue to encourage donations to the endowment on a regular basis. We also have our annual appeal, which runs in conjunction with the PTA drives at each school site. And that annual appeal raises about $5 million every year. Um, Kelly mentioned how important it is to partner with our local businesses, and we have a community partner program in which our businesses receive publicity to our large parent population and invitations to particular events to encourage participation in their businesses while they're also supporting our schools in addition. And it's really this drive and this commitment of our community together that has made our school strong. When you consider the foundation of what we've built over the years, this didn't happen overnight. You don't contribute 500000 to a music program one year and expect it to flourish or to any of the programs mm -hmm. that MBF helps fund. Mm -hmm. It takes time of directed funding. And it's because of this directed funding towards these particular programs that have really helped build the strength of our school district. And you are right. This is, this is why we hear regularly people are moving to Manhattan Beach. Um, it is sometimes cost prohibited of co prohibitive, of course, for families, but our schools are a draw, and we are the heart of our community, and uh, we, can, we continue to focus on that and the strength of our schools, and I'm, I'm so glad that, that Dan jumped in and indicated you know, just how strong our schools are, because MBEF has been helping to fund our programs for so long in a variety of different ways, including professional development. And when there was that recent shift in 2013 towards Common Core, we really 
had to ensure that our district was prepared for that. And, and we helped to develop those types of skill sets in our teachers and best practices so that they would be prepared to be able to handle that. And if you consider where we lie in terms of the state of our test scores in English language arts as well as math, we're ranked fourth in the state. That's pretty phenomenal when you talk about, you know, um, district with low funding. You know, we're, we're not basic aid, which is a whole other scale of funding that allows for a community to keep their parcel taxes, I'm sorry, their property taxes here or excess here. Mm. We don't have that. So we're so limited. And for us to be able to achieve what we have has really taken the community's effort and dedication to do so. And um, you're right, it is a fundraising machine. We um, focus on that togetherness, we focus on building that community, and we focus on the strength of our educators here and the tools that our parents and our students bring. It's, it's a complete effort, and we have a highly educated population that, that wants success for our kids. And although that, that sometimes success can can lead to you know a high pressure community we also are focused on the wellness of our students as well as as you know social anxiety increases we've changed and our parent priorities have helped to shift some of our grants to address those needs as well so um, I would say that that community is absolutely what our schools are built on and when we have cuts like these, and these are very significant for our district, and and we recognize how it's going to impact our programs in our in our schools, I have no doubt that our community is prepared to come together, and we are introducing a new program um, called Support Our Schools Week, which will be that opportunity for parents and neighbors and businesses all to join together to support our schools. We're honored to have Mayor Hurstman have proclaimed it with the City Council a special week in which we will build awareness and fundraising around our schools March 21st and 28th. So it's one week long of, of shopping at different stores or dining at different restaurants throughout North Manhattan, the village, downtown, and these restaurants and and businesses who have joined forces are either doing a give back of 10% or 15 or 20% of their sales on a particular day during that week or perhaps the whole week or perhaps a donation, but we're joining together to say we're here to support our schools, we're here to support our teachers, we're here to support our students. And this new initiative, I hope, will have a significant impact to be able to bring back some of the programs that we just had to cut as of Wednesday night. Well, I have to tell you, I hope that the drama tech department isn't getting any cuts because we have those kids on every year uh, when they do their, their big show each year. Uh, Kelly, we I just uh, – you were talking to uh, Seneca uh, over at uh, – Mira Costa about that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna schedule to have them on again this year. Uh, Joe, how impressive are those kids each year? And and that and that's the, the drama tech department. Well, and and um, and they are impressive, absolutely. I'm I, I have no doubt. And what what happens is those kids get that impressive because they are growing up in our schools. They are growing up doing scholar speaks in our third grade classrooms that are, you know, encouraging this. They're growing up with Mr. Levy at the middle school taking drama. So it's it's not just one department. It's it's the whole curriculum and the whole program that we're able to provide here in MBUSD that helps to grow and flourish and and um, really help all of our students thrive, whether their passion is drama or tech at the high school or MUN or music or or robotics. We have the opportunities for these students here that, that we should all be very proud of. Oh, yeah. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. Kelly, did you want to say something? Yeah. Um, I, um, Hillary, will you elaborate a little bit on uh, the the timing and when it's necessary to – 
receive this, you know, hopefully the um, groundswell of additional funding or, or, you know, contributions. I know in the old days we had to, I say old days, that's when I was super involved. (laughs) Um, I'm dating myself, but um, there was like, we had to, you know, whatever, we had to have the money by whatever, let's just say like May something in order to save the teachers for next year. Are there certain timeline commitments with uh, receiving the funding and being able to um, yeah, revoke any of the pink slips that have been you know, handed out or whatever. Can you talk a little bit to that, the timeline? Absolutely. So the pink slips had to happen this early because we have to – the, the district is required by law to be able to give proper notice to our certificated teachers um, that they – might need to find um, additional, you know, employment for next year. And cert- certified employees are a bit later um, than that, but not much. And it's during this time period, from now until, as you mentioned, May, June, early June, that is really key for us. We can rescind those pink slips and, and um hope to be, be able to provide some of these positions back during that time period. And I don't know the specific date that the district um, has to end on, but it's the sooner the better. Because when you're a teacher, imagine being told that, that you have just recently, you know, lost your job, you're going to look for a new one. And these are highly capable. Some of them, of course, because it's based on the kind of mentality of the first in, um, I'm sorry, last in, first out, means that these young, youthful, um, highly collaborative teachers are the ones that we could be losing. So they're they're probably anxious to find other roles, and, and the sooner we can help rescind those, the better. Um, and we, of course, want to, want to support all of our educators in knowing just where we stand for next year. So we we are looking at this week in March as a healthy time period to be able to help do that. So the, the more we raise then, the better. Our board is also considering other mechanisms for uh, garnering f- donations, and um, some of that might be at our wine auction, which occurs this year on May 30th. Um, our board will make a final decision in the coming months, but um, there could be the possibility that our paddle raise will be dedicated towards funding um, that will support our schools immediately as well. Um, so we're really hoping that between now and the end of May, there is a huge push for supporting and donating. In the past, there has been times when we have done a supplemental appeal and gone out just to our parents and asked for increase in donations on a recommended amount per student. We um, are recommending um, as a board not to do that this year, and our final decision will be made again in the in the next month, um, in fact, next week at our board meeting. But what we are focused on is the community effort and the fact that it might mean a donation, it might mean shopping or dining out, whatever it means. We don't want our community to feel helpless in, in ensuring that we're supporting our schools. So we're trying to provide as many opportunities as possible to do so. You know the way you just explained that it just seems like it, it, you're it's you're always behind the eight ball in these situations. As you said, you got to give out pink slips and then hope that you can raise enough money to get those same people back. Um, and you mentioned your uh, wine auction, your annual wine auction, which is probably your largest fundraiser each year. It's a fantastic. It's a huge event. You have a couple of thousand people there each year. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Who wants to tell us? Dan, you want to tell us about that? Oh no, I I think I'll I'll defer to Hillary. She's Okay, she's, uh, Hillary. All right, Hillary. <laughs> the wine auction is truly incredible. I mean, again, started by members of our community that thought, how can we create an event that's going to raise more money for our schools? And heck, we love wine. We love getting together. Let's do it. 
And 26 years ago, I mean, we are now in our 26th year. We just celebrated the 25th anniversary last year. These um, individuals got together and, and started this event. And as you mentioned, over 2,000 people come together to try wines from not only California and prestigious vineyards here, but around the world now. And our fantastic restaurants in our local community participate it is truly an event that is one to be seen at. It is fun. It is um, it is wholeheartedly uh, successful um, in raising at least a million dollars every year for our schools, and that varies depending upon um, what our paddle raise typically is. So um, that is going to have a huge impact this year, and. It's one that I encourage every member of our community, whether you have a student in our schools or not, to attend because it is the place to be. Um, we're very excited about our date of May 30th this year. It is always held at the Manhattan Country Club, which is now um, a Bay Club property. When they took over a few years ago, they have been extremely supportive of our event and welcoming and supplying volunteer staff staff and extra help and I would say uh, our event has has now never been better um, with the way in which it's implemented so right now we're in the process of getting sponsors for tables um, at the event so we do have a website manhattanwineauction.com with all the information about the event and, and tickets will go on sale May 1st they sell out quickly we, our yep. general admission tickets sell out typically that same day. Our reserve room, which is a specialty room of um, just epic wines and cult wines uh, and fantastic food that is only open to reserve room ticket holders, sells out within hours. So it's, it's something to uh, mark your calendars for now. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's one of the big events of the year. No no doubt about it. And and I got to believe that that event must bring in I mean, you know, as we've been talking about for the last hour, it's the community. It's not just the parents of the kids, it's local businesses, it's local government um that all have a stake in this. But I got to believe that that event brings in people outside the community. I I got to imagine that 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 people that you know, you know, you know how it is when a school, your kid's school puts on a play. It's generally the parents and maybe some friends and you know other family uh, that that w would be interested in it. But this this one seems to me it it has a a, a bigger reach, um, which can only be good, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The um, it, it's. It, the, the amount of people that come to us from other areas because of the wines that are up for auction, right. because of our live auction items that we're able to obtain are, is tremendous. And just the opportunity to come together in a setting and, and try these, these fantastic foods and, and wines is amazing. We have people clamoring to be in our reserve room. We have, we have wineries, you know, really hoping that they're going to get on a court this year in general admission. And, you know, this, again, is built out of the community. We have a volunteer committee of over 50 people that help plan this event. And it's tremendous. When you think about what is accomplished in this single day, this single evening, um, being based on volunteer staff, it's phenomenal. I love that. I love that. Joe, did you want to? <laughs> did you want to say something? Well, I'm. I'm. I. I think that everything is obviously being done that can be done. I just want to give people out there listening uh, some action items, uh, Hillary and Dan, so that they can get involved. They can, you know contribute. Maybe they have ideas about events that they'd like to do. Wine auctions are amazing. Um, that's, that's wonderful. But uh, maybe there's some other things that people can do, uh, other kinds of events that people can get started. Uh, and, and also, Dan, we have to give them an idea of how much work is involved. Um, I remember the uh, Hermosa Beach Education Foundation being another job that I enjoyed and loved, but uh, after years, I was, I was okay with, uh, with leaving. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I can appreciate that. I think um, we we have just a fantastic board um, of directors at MBF of I think it's around I think it's 28 people exactly, and we have you know just a, a very enthusiastic group of younger parents that come in and want to get involved, and people put in their time, and then their kids graduate and they move on, but they stay, you know, they stay as as I think passionate advocates for the foundation mm. and for the schools. Um, which is which is really nice, and that's I mean a lot of I think what our board does in addition to volunteering their time is really you know educating people, educating their neighbors, and I think advocating um, advocating for the foundation and for the schools. Um, but you're right, it is it is a tremendous um, volunteer commitment, and it's really a testament to how how much our as Hillary said our community cares cares about uh, the education of the kids. So it's, it's really a gratifying mm-hmm. uh, nonprofit to, uh, to, to be a part of, uh, for me at least. Right, 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 right. Fantastic. Um, how, uh, Hillary, can you give out contact information about how people can, can find the MBEF and, uh, and maybe attend meetings and see what it's like? Sure, absolutely. Um, our website address is mbef.org. And um, all of our information related to our foundation is on there, including details on school funding and why we are in the situation that we're currently in. We also have details on Support Our Schools Week and participating businesses who are already signed up, which we have, I believe, we're, we're reaching the levels of um, we're hitting 50 very shortly. Um, so, you know, all of downtown Manhattan Beach has signed on. Um, so we're, we're really excited about this. Um, so mbf.org, you can also um, refer to, you can, anyone can email me at Hillary with one L at mbf.org or call our foundation at 310-303-3342. We are happy to take ideas, suggestions, have conversations, and uh, figure out how we can work together as a community for this. Uh, you guys do tremendous work. I, honestly, I don't know where the schools and the students would be without you. Kudos, kudos to the Manhattan Beach, edu- Manhattan Beach Education Foundation. You pronounce it Hillary MBF. You, do you leave out, leave out the E? You just the E F. No, I it's MBEF. MBEF. Okay, okay. Because you could say MBF because F E F F. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, we should also mention. Uh, the big Manhattan wine auction, we're going to mention it again, is scheduled for May 30th. Tickets That's go correct. on sale May 1st. Uh, this thing sells out very quickly. Hillary was just saying that the uh, the reservation room or the reserve room uh, sells out in hours. Uh, general admission tickets sell out in a day or so. So um, um, uh, as soon as Hillary sends me that information, I'm going to throw it up on my website. Uh, you don't want to wait for that. You don't. You don't say, oh, I'll get the tickets ne- next week. It doesn't work like that. You'll miss out. And then you just smack yourself upside the head for doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's uh, – uh, Hillary, Dan, do we, we have two minutes left. Do, is there anything else either of you want to touch on before we sign off? I would just encourage everyone listening to, to visit the website and, and get involved. I mean, if you're a, a realtor, um, we have a program. If you're a business sponsor, if you're a parent, if you just want to learn, um, please reach out. We'd love, to, we'd love to hear from you. And I want to thank you all, all for right. taking the time to speak with us. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate it. We like to know what's going on in, in, in the community, and we like to make sure that everybody else knows what's going on in the community. Uh, you, you, you guys wouldn't believe the response I got from my weekend guide yesterday in my opening paragraph, I talked about the new April 15th rule for tax returns this year. How many people that just get my weekend guide didn't know it was happening. Um, they were like, wow, thanks. I keep up on things, but I didn't know about that. So uh, thank you again. And Joe, take us home. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I think we, we regularly talk about um, um, real estate in the South Bay, obviously uh, California real estate and especially uh, the beach cities, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, um, have led the way in terms of appreciation of real estate. And when you talk about appreciation of real estate, it's, 
it's one beat away from the conversation about school quality. The quality of in the South Bay is amazing, and that drives real estate prices as well. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Dan uh, Rogoff and Hillary uh, Mahan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And, and of course, thank you, Jackie and Kelly. Always a pleasure, Joe. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you for making Friday Chamber Day. And Hillary and Dan, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I know you guys are busy, so we appreciate you uh, sharing all this with us. Thanks so much, Kelly. Well, that wraps our show for the weekend. Have a fantastic weekend. The the weather looks like it's going to be amazing. Uh, But, of course, that's why we love the South Bay. Bye, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.